You are now tuned in to the Storm Tracker Podcast. All right, it's the Storm Tracker Podcast here. I'm Marcus Benjamin, chilling with my guy Frank Tucker. And we are doing live from the crib Wednesdays now. So every Wednesdays, we're going to be talking a little football, talking recruiting, uh, going into the weekend. Football is just around the corner, Frank. And uh, just kind of want to get the audience ready for this podcast, which will uh, be live every week. And this week, we actually had a commitment, a a four-star to commit to the Miami Hurricanes this week. There's been a lot of talk about, you know, three-star Mario, um, you know, with with this cycle. And this is the type of prospect that I think Miami Hurricanes really want to see. Well, they, they they do have, of course, an Elijah Lofton, a Chance Robinson, uh, Isaiah Thomas and Kevin Riley, who are all four-star guys, but this this guy seems seems really really special. And I'm not saying uh, those guys aren't those guys aren't, uh, but this guy is the first defensive end for Jason Taylor in his recruiting uh, career, as you could say, to the University of Miami officially. And the guy reminds me a lot of. Jason Taylor, because Jason Taylor was a guy who kind of just never stopped. His motor just kind of kept going. And that's exactly what I see in Lightfoot. And this was a close race till the end with Ohio State and uh, Miami. Are And ended up edging uh, the Buckeyes for his commitment. Uh, your take on, on Lightfoot's commitment to the U. Huge, huge commitment. Just surface level, he's the first top 100 recruit in the class for Miami, which is a, a box that needed to be checked at some point. <laughs> he's a, yeah. another four-star prospect. You have now six in the in the class of 2024. You can add Vincent Shavers to that group that you just mentioned. On top of that, he is the beginning of the, the whale hunting in a, in a big way, right? In, in the past calendar week, really, you've gotten Ryan Mack and O.J. Frederick, who if you've been around South Florida, everybody loves. They love those takes, not just from the sense that they're Miami Gardens, Ravens kids, but they're also kids that help with length, speed, versatility in the back end of that defensive backfield that really kind of needed that. that, That's something that's been missing for the Miami Hurricanes for a long time now. And I I think that uh, Marquise Lightfoot also provides some versatility to this Miami defense that wasn't there before. Six foot five, 220 pounds before he gets into a college weight training program. Super athletic. Like you said, fits the mold of what Jason Taylor brings to the table. So he, he knows what Marquis Lightfoot needs to do to get to the level that he wants. Uh, just because they're, they're similar, similar stature, frame, profile, very skilled, finesse pass rushers. If you go back and look at Marquis Lightfoot, 122 tackles approach that that 10 sack mark that you really want to see high school pass rushers get to on a yearly basis it was a first team all state selection in in, in the, the highest classification in illinois uh comes out of that chicago area so you're getting a kid 
from a metropolitan area that you kind of want to stamp yourself in. So just a huge commitment overall at a position of need. And I think this is the beginning of, of a huge wave of blue chip prospects that are going to come over the next month or two. Hurricanes fans certainly hope so. Uh, they certainly hope that this starts the wave. And if you remember last year, Francis Malgoa committed around around the same time or this week, which started a wave of commitments to Miami. And uh, one of those commitments was, was Jaden Wayne. And that's another player that I think reminds me of, of uh, Marquise Lightfoot as far as size is, is concerned and what – uh, you know, Miami is trying to recruit to this 2024 class. And you mentioned Romanus OJ Frederic. He also committed to Miami as well. Outstanding athlete, really good kid. His recruitment kind of just took off this offseason with South Florida Express, um, the seven on seven team, uh, really shined for them and is now at St. Thomas Aquinas where he can lock down basically a, a side of the field. At the spring game, he was playing both ways as a receiver as well. So just a versatile athlete. And Miami just continued to fall in love with this kid. And, and he was committed to West Virginia. So this was like one of the fastest flips that I ever seen. He committed to West Virginia in the prior week. Um, and the week before that, he visited West Virginia. And then he visits, you know, Miami, not last weekend, but the weekend before. And basically, you know, gives his pledge right there on on the visit. It just, you know, didn't didn't come to the masses until later on in the week. Um, just your opinion on OJ. Love it. Love it. Yeah. Like I said, he provides that versatility that this defensive backfield needs. Six foot, six foot one, 175, 180, 180 pound range. Has productivity on both sides of the football, which is huge when you're projecting guys to the next level. He's got the requisite ball skills to be able to play cornerback or safety. He's got the length and the size to play cornerback or safety. And we're going to see him this year opposite Ryan Mack which I think is going to be really interesting to watch at St. Thomas Aquinas. You're yeah. going to see two Miami cornerbacks committed in the 2024 class playing alongside each other on the opposite sides of the field, which is a really good way to kind of see what Miami's getting at the next level. So I, I love it. He's a homegrown kid. He's a kid who wanted to be at the University of Miami. I, I know everybody wants blue chip prospects, but you got to want guys that want to be Miami Hurricane. Hurricanes as well. The NIL area has has kind of taken some of the love out of recruitment for some kids. Took the fandom out of it for some kids, and he's one of those he's one of those prospects that, despite his commitment to West Virginia, he said it himself. It's always been Miami, and the fact that he was that Miami was able to get him to flip within 13 days is a huge testament to his passion for being a Miami Hurricane and wanting to stay home and Miami's uh, ability to sell him on the fact that he has a future here at the University of Miami. So I, I love the take. I love the, the fact that they flex their muscle with the with the flip so quickly. And I, I think that he's a guy that by the end of the cycle could be a four-star 
riser uh, if everything falls into place at St. Thomas Aquinas. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. I, I think it's a great take, and I, I think he is just a, a physical, athletic guy that, yeah, you, you, you kind of want to see this type of prospect added to the 24 class with just his versatility alone. And some other some other guys that Miami's trending for this month, uh, we've got Derek Plaz, we've got Artavius Jones, Camarion Franklin, the five-star from Mississippi. These guys, um, I think, uh, have been building, I guess, the most momentum uh, towards a commitment to Miami, could be part of this wave here in July. Uh, we saw Miami you know, miss on some guys, you know, this, this week as well, you know, that they missed on a Ja'Cory Barney, they missed on a, on a Ricky Knight. Um, and now I think these, these three players have a chance to be part of this Miami wave. As far as uh, Derek Plaza is concerned, he's down at two schools. It's just NC state and Miami. And he's set to, to make his pick uh, towards the end of the week here. Um, what, what's your opinion on him? I just put a future cast in for Derek Blass. He is a guy that Miami has evaluated in this week 2024 offensive line cycle as one of their their high potential guys. Somebody they see that could come to Miami at, at you know with a really nice frame, uh, you know, fits that mold of being an athletic offensive tackle, you know, over six foot five, 200 about 290 pounds right now. So I think he's one of those guys that Miami figures could be part of that offensive line, uh, you know, depth piece very early on with the potential to replace a Samson Okanola or Francis Malagoa down the line. Uh, you, you can tell that they've kind of made some deeper evaluations in this cycle at all on the offensive line, seeing as it's mostly three-star guys except for the Ayufa kid, uh, who's a West Coast kid. Um, but overall, I think that they love Derek Plaz. He was a Penn State commit. I think he fits that mold of Tommy Kinsler, where he decommitted after just being committed for three weeks, and now he's he's coming to Miami. So um, I, I think just overall, Miami was always really the school for him. I think he fell in love with Penn State after a visit and made a, a rational decision, which is something he's talked about extensively. We do have an article up on Canes County, if you go back on Derek's uh, profile. You'll see it under his under his uh, article mentioned articles. Uh, you know, and, and and just time and time again, it seems like Miami's always been that school for him. He's a Florida native, I believe. He is at Mandarin Mandarin High now. Uh, so I, I think that just overall, uh, you know, Miami's in a really good spot. Another interesting tidbit on uh, on him is Tremel Jones, FSU commit quarterback, is now his teammate, and they seem to be meshing pretty well. And I got a chance to speak to Tremel Jones, 2025 quarterback over at OT7 when he was playing for 24K. And Shannon Dawson is, is in his ear right now. There is some conversations being had about him potentially getting on visit, I mean, uh, get, getting on campus for a visit. So if you can, if you can get a Derek Blass and get your foot in the door at, at a school like Mandarin, there is definitely some talent to be had in that program. Absolutely. That's a team that won a state championship a couple of years back with uh, Carson Beck at quarterback, who's now at Georgia competing for the starting position there. 
uh, another player uh, in the trenches that Miami is looking to get from that northern Florida Florida area is Artavius Jones. Artavius Jones is another trench monster. Miami only has Juan Manaya as as their uh, offensive lineman committed to the class right now. So they would love to add an Artavius Jones. What are you hearing on him? Uh, he's another guy who who fits that mold of of that defensive tackle position that they're that they're looking to you know beef up, right? Like you see that there's just a there's a focus on the defensive line in this class for the University of Miami, the same way that there was a focus on the def- on, on the offensive line in last year's class. They want to add upwards of five guys in this class, five six guys in totality on the defensive line. You could add a Marquis Lightfoot. They could flip and Elias Rudolph by the end of this cycle, right? You're, you're still in the race for Dylan Stewart, except that the fact that it's looking more like an Ohio State lean right now. Uh, there's Kamarion Franklin is another versatile defensive end that they're going after, right? Aiden Breland, despite it not looking like Miami right now, that could change very quickly, right? It, Jones fits that mold. He, he, came and, he came to Miami. They loved him. He fit everything from a size standpoint. He's a guy that seems to be all in on Miami. So he's one of the easier predictions for me right now. Uh, and Aiden Breland's a little bit tougher. Uh, Kamarion Franklin, who's coming down for another visit, right, has been on campus like three times already, is a guy that I feel like is a Miami lean, despite him being recruited by many of the Blue Bloods in college football. Uh, yeah. and, I, and I think Miami does finish close to that five-player five mark on the defensive line. And, Jones will probably be the next player to, to end up locking in amongst that group. Artavius Jones out of Bluntstown, a uh, small, small little school in uh, Tallahassee area. Uh, that is definitely a, a high possibility for Miami as well as Camarion Franklin. Love to see another defensive end of his stature. He's a five-star rated by rivals. Uh, so he would be the first five-star to the class if he indeed uh, commits to Miami. Miami's still in contention with uh, four other five-star guys uh, like Josiah Trader, Zaquan Patterson, and Jeremiah Smith, all players from that powerhouse Chaminade Madonna in Hollywood. So we'll see how, how it all plays out as far as recruits are concerned. July should be a fun month leading up to uh, football season. And next thing you know, we'll be at the barbecue, which is at the end of the month. And also uh, media day uh, is, is, is always fun as well for the Miami Hurricanes and, and the high school programs around the state. So let's talk about this team, though, going into football season. I, I, I have high expectations for these Canes, bro. Like I, I really think this this team can really make some noise this year. I, I feel like I say that almost every year, but I, I have more belief this time just based on research. And I just put out a story yesterday on Tyler Van Dyke uh, getting 3,000 yards passing and 30 touchdowns. I pretty much think he's a lock for that. Uh, the question is, Let's just do a little fact or fiction, uh, Frank. Does Tyler Van Dyke 
pass for 4,000 yards. Fact or fiction? Fiction. I, I, I don't know if he's going to pass for 4,000. I think 3,000 is a comfortable number for me. I think he can approach that 3,500-yard mark. I think he can have a Brad Kaya finale. That's that. That's really what I'm I'm hoping for, right? Like he finishes it off the same way Brad Kaya finished it off that last year. Approaches that nine win mark, wins a bowl game, throws for over three thousand yards. Approaches that thirty touchdown mark. Um, so I, I I think it's fiction though. Uh, three thousand yards with the amount of talent that's in the backfield for the University of Miami is going to be real tough. Reason to believe that he could pass for four thousand yards is that Clayton Tune at Houston did pass for 4,074 yards in 2022 on a 67 completion percentage. And he also threw for 40 touchdowns. So do you think Tyler Van Dyke is better than Clayton Toon? I guess we'll find out. I guess we'll find out. I guess (laughs) we'll find out. Yeah, definitely. So, So we'll see what happens there. Now, fact or fiction on this one. Will Miami have an 1,000-yard rusher uh, this season? Got plenty of great running backs, and that could probably be the detriment to the answer to that question. But 1,000-yard rusher, fact or fiction? I could continue to be a pessimist on this one, but I'm not going to. I'm going out on a limb here and saying that Mark Fletcher will be a 1,000-yard rusher as a true rusher at 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 the University of Miami. I think he's going to have a huge year. I think he's going to acclimate very quickly to this Miami offense. Uh, he, If you look at his body, he is trimmed down. He is working. He is a better pass catcher out of the backfield than people think. So I think he has the potential to eventually become a three-down back if they allow him to. He has the ability to be a special player at the University of Miami. You and I have seen it in person. Right, I understand being a 2,000-yard back in high school isn't what it used to be, I guess, right? It, it, just competition maybe is it, not what people consider it to be. But overall, he was a 2,000-yard back in one of the toughest yeah. classifications in the state of Florida, which produces high-level talent year in and year out. He is a 6'2", 220-pound back at minimum, right? We've seen him run the ball at 232. He is a bruiser. Every coach that I have spoke to that has played against Mark Fletcher said he is one of the most special players they've ever seen in, with their own two eyes. And that includes coaches from some powerhouse schools. So for yeah. me, I think he comes in, and despite there being a lot of talent in that room, I don't think that there's an alpha other than Mark Fletcher in that room. And I think he goes in there, and he might not start week one, but this is going to be a 14-week season, right? because they're going to get to a bowl game this year. And I think that he's going to get to 1,000 yards. I think he's going to have some really big games. I think that he's going to be able to expose some teams like Virginia, some teams like Boston College. I think he's going to be able to do it in a big way this year, and I think he'll be a freshman All-American when it's all said and done. Wow, those are those are pretty bold statements for a true freshman, a, a player that has not seen the field will have a thousand yards. By the way, it's, uh, for the Tyler Van Dyke, I'm going to say fact. I'm going to say that he is going to pass for four thousand yards, but for this one, I'm going to say fiction. Not, not because I don't believe in Mark Fletcher or any other of these running backs like Henry Parrish, uh, who we have to mention, who will be the starter game one. 
It's just I feel it's going to be more of a pass-friendly type of offense, one. And I also feel like they're going to use a variety of backs. And I don't think that he's going to get enough carries to to get a 1,000. You know, um, it, it's, it's, it's on the fence if he is going to get consistent, uh, you know, playing time just because Henry Parrish is – at this point, the more complete back, and you got an Ajay Allen uh, in there who has some experience on the on the college level. So after that, then you kind of start thinking if if Mark Fletcher is going to start to get some carries, maybe maybe he gets some goal line carries to kind of get him started. But you know, to say a thousand yards, it's pretty bold. I mean, I admire that 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 tenacity, Frank. But I'm going to say fiction on that for any running back so uh we'll move on to the to the next uh position here uh wide receiver last time miami had a thousand yard receiver wasn't too long ago charleston rambo um had a thousand yards and over 70 catches do we have a receiver on this roster that can that can replicate something in that range 70 catches for a thousand yards fact or fiction I'm going to go fact just because of the history of Shannon Dawson, you know, with a guy like Tank Dell, where he just peppered him with targets. I, I think the same thing could, could happen with a Colby Young. Um, I, I, he's so talented. He's so talented to me. I think he's got that potential to be a first-round draft pick. And he's, a, he's a mismatch for any corner, really, just because of his speed and size combination. I think he could be – he could pass that thousand yard mark. I think if he doesn't do it, I don't think anybody else does. I think I love Jacoby George. I don't know if he's a thousand yard guy um, at, in college yet. We haven't yeah. consistently seen him on the field at receiver. And we, and we have, we've seen flashes, but not consistently with flashes. Shamar Kirk, we got to see him on this level. Uh, Rashard yeah. Smith, we got to see him stay on the field. Yeah. Uh, it's Isaiah Horton. I love what he's been he's been doing this offseason. Is he going to be able to take that next step to be a starter? Right? Like, there, there's – I don't know. Uh, Tyler yeah. Harrell, right? Like, I, I don't think the co- targets are going to be consistent enough for him. I know he's going to be a guy that gets close to 30 yards a catch, but is it going to be 35 catches for 1,000? I don't, I don't necessarily see that happening in this air raid offense. The air raid offense is predicated more on the short passing game utilizing guys on drags, right, digs, things like that where they're exposing the middle of the field right near the hashes. And, and I think that Colby Young can be the guy that can, can you know, utilize his body to shield himself, uh, you know, against corners. And I think he's yeah. got the potential to be that 1,000-yard guy, especially if Tyler Van Dyke throws for 4,000 yards. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, I'm, not, I'm not quite sure if, if you're going to get 1,000 yards uh you know performance from one of these receivers uh restrepo uh, is going to get his uh so yeah yeah a thousand yeah it's it's likely not going to be on a thousand yards if he does it would be fantastic but i i I just don't see it happening and and to me i think the most likely person to do that would probably be jacoby george you know just because he can pretty much do everything uh he can be like a slot receiver he can be a number two 
uh, receiver. And I think those type of receivers usually get a lot of catches in this type of offense. He could resemble like what Charleston Rambo put together. Kobe Young is more, I think he's your big guy. He's your big receiver. He's going to be a mismatch for, for a lot of defensive backs this season. But I, I don't quite see him putting up those type of numbers. Uh, but I could see him getting like 10 touchdowns. You know, I, I could see him scoring in abundance in the red zone, Colby Young. Uh, but, yeah, I, I don't think uh, I'm going to say fiction on this one as well that, you know, may, you know, maybe they get like a like a 50 to, you know, maybe 800 yards. But I think this is a an offense that will spread the ball around to a lot of different receivers. And the the one thing that does kind of give you hope that you do have some kind of performance like that is because, hey, Tyler, the last time Tyler Van Dyke was in this type of offense was 2021 when Charleston Rambo uh, put up those big numbers. So Van Dyke does lock in to about three receivers. And that season he locked into Mike Harley, uh, Charleston Rambo, and – and Restrepo basically were, were his guys. And I could see him locking into three guys as his three main guys, being Jacoby George, Colby Young, and Restrepo once again. So it, it would be one of those three. Um, but uh, we, we shall see how that turns out. And now uh, with linebackers, last time we've had a uh, 100-tackle linebacker, with Shaquille Quarterman, um, uh, some some uh, someone of that stature hasn't hasn't uh, performed uh, on that level in these last couple of years. Here, you got some linebackers now that are are legit in Francisco Malgoa, Wesley the Saint, KJ Cloyd comes over from Louisville. Factor fiction on a hundred tackle linebacker. Fact, Francis, uh, the Malgo, uh, what's what's his Francis, nickname? Uh, I think it's Kiko. Kiko Malgo, which he prefers to be, talk, uh, you know, mentioned as, is going to be the first hundred tackle guy at Miami since Shaq Quarterman. Uh, I think that is a hundred percent a lock. Everything I hear about this guy is he is a superstar that they stole from Washington State. Maybe the best linebacker since Shaq Quarterman in the program. I love Wesley Besaint. I think he's probably going to be more around that 70 tackle mark. Uh, a dark horse for 100 tackle mark, and I think people are going to think I'm crazy, is James Williams. I think James Williams is going to be a guy that is going to approach that 100 tackle mark. I think he's going to get closer to the line of scrimmage this year as an overhang player in this defense. I don't think you're going to see a traditional nickel utilized a lot this season. I think it's going to be a lot of James Williams in that role with some Markeith Williams playing a lot of safety over the top with Cam Kitchens. I think he's a guy that they like very much. And I think James has that potential now that he has a healthy shoulder to really step up and, and showcase that he is a guy who can tackle. It's this, last year was a fluke. This is not – that was not James Williams uh, of, of old, you know, who, who we've seen dominate high school football and come in and make waves at the University of Miami early on. So I, I think Miami has potential to have two guys in a Lance Godry defense that is 
been raved about by not just people at Miami, but just around the country. Every college coach that I speak to about Lance Geidry said that this was a, this was a move in the making um, that, that needed to be made, right? Like just the relationships with Dennis Smith, uh, you know, his, his history of being so successful in the group of five and FCS level. He, he's a guy that I think is going to, is going to really help Miami defenders produce this season. Yeah, I definitely agree. Definitely agree that uh, James Williams has a chance to get to 100 tackles at that safety position. And I think you and I can agree that the best safety in on this team is indeed Cameron Kinchins. Last year, he had six interceptions. Fact or fiction, does he exceed that amount here in 2023? Nah, nah. People are going to be game planning for Cam Kinchins this year. Uh, you might, you got to remember he had a three interception game last year that, that yeah. helped, you know, get him to that number. I think four interceptions is a safe over under for him right now. Uh, and, and I think I'm more comfortable with that number than more than six, six, six is a crazy number. Uh, there's a reason he was, you know, first team all American last year. And I, I think that if he gets the four, he's a solidified for, you know, top 15 pick potentially. Uh, but but I just I don't see six happening again. I'm going to go out a on a limb here and say he matches that six uh, from last season because, like he did say, it was three in one game. I, I think this time he can spread it out a little bit. You know, I don't think it's it's going to be all at once uh, like it seemed. It, it it happened last season. And he has some opponents where he can probably rack up some interceptions against, you know, teams like Miami of Ohio and, and Temple and Georgia Tech is on the Bethune. schedule. Again. Bethune. Um, Georgia Tech is on the schedule again, so he could get at least another one there. Um, and their quarterback situation is, is something to figure out or whatnot. He could get one against Clemson. Who knows? Uh, they They still have a, they have a new quarterback there and Kay Klubnik. Uh, so we'll see how how it all turns out. But I think he matches uh, the six this season. Should be very exciting. Football, Frank, is on the way here. Uh, plenty of high school games to get excited about um, in those first couple of weeks. Of course, we'll dive into it on a later podcast. Uh, but that's going to wrap it up for this edition for the storm tracker podcast make sure you subscribe to canescounty.com for free use the promo code miami30 as you see scrolling down at the bottom of the screen there also subscribe to our youtube channel live from canes county and also follow us on social media you see our twitter handles right there but follow the canes county twitter handle at canes underscore county follow us on instagram on canes.county and also follow us on facebook as well that's going to wrap it up until the next episode